0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. I want you to know today that healing is for you. There's so much teaching on sovereignty surrounding healing today. You're not quite sure if God chose you for healing. He has chosen you for healing. All you have to do is receive it. Let's go to the Word of God today and find out what God has to say to you.
1: For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian.
0: Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandy and welcome to Student of the Word. Glad to have you here today. And again, for anybody tuning in for the first time, welcome, glad to have you here. And we have a great family of people that watch the program. And uh, like most families, we have some young ones, some older ones, and I'm not just talking about physical age. Some have been watching for a matter of months, maybe a couple of years, and some have been watching from the very beginning. Super dedicated people. When I have a need, they jump right in there and they give to it. You know why? They believe in the Word of God. Not just me, they believe in the Word Word of God. And because I have a gift as a pastor, I pastored for 33 years, I have an ability just to open up the Word of God and show you some things you've never seen before. I'm not the only one. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on the Holy Spirit and the call that God's placed on my life, but I'm not the only one. Others open up areas of the Word of God, which again, they're inclined to, and that they have a call to, and that they really have a burden for, and so some can open up the Word of God to evangelism like you've never seen. There was a Mister friend of mine since gone on to be with the Lord in heaven, but we could take up the same passage. I'd see something about perfecting of the saints. This guy could open it up and make a salvation message out of it. I go, where did you get that? That's his gift. My gift is taking the word of God, making it practical for your daily life. And my whole thing is I like to take complicated things and make them simple. And so that's what I do on this broadcast. And I have a great group of people that like to follow me for that. If you'd like to join them, then just keep on watching. If you'd like to further join them, then become a partner with me. That you believe this so much that not only have you been blessed by it. Your life has been blessed by it. Your life has been changed by it. You want to help this broadcast go affect more people. I've been going on more television stations, being blessed by it. And I love to go to places where I really think there's a need for the Word of God. Although it's needed everywhere, there's certain sections of the country that I think, you know, that part really needs it. They fight greater battles in this section of the country. And that's what I'm enjoying doing, going on those areas. And so if you'd like to become a partner with me, you've been watching for some time or you've only watched a few times, but already going, man, I want to help this guy out. I mean, there's ministries I give to, but I really want to give into this ministry. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for thinking that. And then next of all, thank you ahead of time for doing it. Go to BobYandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. And again, I thank you in advance. Matthew chapter 10 and verse one. I wanna address this today and calling this healing is for you. Although I've taught that healing is for everybody, I wanna just isolate it from massive groups of people that's for everybody to write down to this is for you. You know, there's a section of scripture from Matthew chapter four, all the way through Matthew chapter nine, that is a block of scriptures with Jesus healing ministry. In the middle of it, chapters five, six, and seven is the Sermon on the Mount, but really it ties into the same thing because the parenthesis started in chapter four where it said Jesus went into every city, every village, preaching and teaching and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And it also ends that way at the end of chapter nine. There's an ending of chapter four, an ending of chapter nine, and it's like two bookends, an opening and closing of a parenthesis that deals with the healing ministry of Jesus. And in there, in chapter five, six, and seven, although we call it the Sermon on the Mount, it's really a training of disciples to handle the ministry because the crowds got so large, Jesus had to train a team. And they came down from the mountain in chapter eight, and there's where we have individuals healings mentioned. Up until then, it's masses, masses, masses. And by the time we get to chapter eight, now it's individuals one at a time that are mentioned there in in the book of Matthew. And the very first one that came to him was an impossible case as far as man is concerned. Although men could not heal other diseases, this one seemed to have no cure to it. And that was this man came and he was a leper. And came to Jesus. And here's what he said to him. Lord, I know you can heal me. It's so obvious you've healed so many people, but I'm not sure you will heal me. That's what I want to answer today. And that is healing is for you. Sometimes there's been such a heavy emphasis on sovereignty in the area of healing. And it's been taught, this is what the confusion was in this man's mind. When this man came up, this leper came up, his first thought was, I know you can do it. I see you doing everybody. But how about me? Is there something about me that you say no to or say, yes to. And in that case, that robs your faith. How can you believe God in faith if you can't believe his word? And if his word says he healed everybody of everything, then that has to include you. But people want to say, oh, no, you know, it's the sovereignty of God. And how you need to pray is, Lord, If it's your will, will you heal me? There's no faith involved in that. You're putting all the responsibility on God because you think he's chosen you or has not chosen you for divine healing. Let me just tell you this ahead of time. He has chosen you for divine healing. He heals everybody of everything. If you know that, you can come to him in faith, knowing that what you ask for, you're going to receive. It says in James, is there any sick among you? Notice that's any. It didn't say certain selected ones. Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil, praying over them the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. The prayer of faith means you have to have, qu- from, from the word of God, you have to have something from the word of God to pray. And when you pray according to the word of God, you know it is God's will. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up if there's any sick among you. And there's directed to Christians. Most of these verses right here in Matthew, were dealing with the masses of people that came, which were sinners, yet he still healed them and gave them that temporary miracle to help energize into them an eternal miracle, which was salvation. The greatest miracle is not healing, casting out a devil. All those things are temporary. It only lasts for this lifetime. But salvation is something angels don't rejoice over one person that gets a demon cast out of them. Angels don't rejoice over a person with, with cancer and given up to die. Fourth degree level cancer. No, they they'll, they don't rejoice over that. But one sinner that repents, there's a party in heaven. And angels rejoice over every sinner that repents. Why? because healing of cancer is temporary. Uh, Long life is still temporary, but man, you get born again and that lasts forever and forever. It's the eternal thing that happens to us. That's why it's the most important. I want you to notice again, healing is for you. You need to tell yourself that. I've seen healing all, all these masses, but I think maybe there might be something wrong. Maybe God doesn't want to heal me. Maybe there's some divine purpose behind him not healing me. No, he wants to heal you. And so Jesus, first of all, heals all diseases and he heals all people that came to him. Matthew 10:1. In Matthew 10:1, it says this. When he had called to him the 12 disciples, he gave them power or authority against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. I want you to notice he didn't give them the power to do it. The power belongs to him. He gave them authority. Authority is the channel through which power operates. I am the channel into this earth through which God operates. And God anoints Bob. God did not anoint Christ of heaven. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. If God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, He can, He can anoint Bob of Oklahoma. In other words, a human being can have that power. And Jesus even said the power comes from God, but he operated in that power because on a certain day when the Holy Spirit came upon him, Jesus then went from there and started to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles, but still gave God all of the glory for what happened. And he gave them authority against unclean spirits to cast them out, notice this, and to heal all manner of sickness and All manner of disease, and we find it over and over again that he did it among all the people. So again, all healing and all miracles come from God. We are the channel through which it operates. Jesus heals everyone just like he saves everyone. Why? Because it came from the same source. Psalm 103 verse 3 says, "'Who forgives all of your iniquities.'" and heals all of your diseases. And this again comes back to the work of Jesus on the cross. This is also brought out in Isaiah 53, that not only did he become sickness for us on the cross, he bore our sins and our diseases also, as well as becoming sin for us. So again, in Psalm 103, verse three, who forgives all, you might as well just say that all your iniquities. Notice he didn't say all of some of your iniquities. No, he says he forgives all your iniquities. That includes you, if you're watching me now, male, female, young, old, black, white, educated, uneducated, God doesn't give a rip. You understand that? It's for all of you. And he simply says, who forgives all of your iniquities. That's the good news. So if your name is Bill or John or Mary, whatever, understand this, who forgives all of Mary's iniquities. Whatever iniquity you have committed at the point of salvation was totally wiped out. After salvation, if you just name that sin, you take it to God and say, Father, I confess this sin I've just committed to you. He forgives all of them. So here's the point. Who forgives all of your iniquities? And next of all, who heals all of your diseases? And so I don't care what disease you have, how bad it is. I have prayed for people with colds and fevers and things like that and watch them disappear. And next of all, I've even prayed for one man who had fourth degree uh, cancer. cancer inside of him and it was he was on his way i mean he was dying this man was a doctor and even told me, he said, I know you can explain this, Pastor, but you know what? I'm up, I'm a doctor. I know all the things going on in my body. I said, turn your medical brain off for just a moment and just receive God's healing power. And the moment I laid hands on him, a couple of a couple of days later, he was at, went through another checkup and it was totally gone. Totally gone. He's still alive today, some 30 years after all that happened. What a wonderful thing that happened in his life. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 6 says this: Jesus, when healing a man who was paralyzed and doing it in front of a religious crowd. Here's what he said that you may know I have power to forgive sins. He said to this man, take up your bed and walk. What was he saying? He said to them, which one, which one's easier for you to say? Arise, take up your bed and walk or your sins be forgiven. They wouldn't say either one. You know why? Because they couldn't do either one. Couldn't do either one. You know what Jesus is saying? I'm going to prove to you I can forgive sins because that's what they got mad about. They didn't get mad about the fact he said he could heal them. He said, I can forgive your sins. Your sins are forgiven. They got so mad and said, only God can forgive sins. Well, stupid, that's God sitting in front of you. That's God right there standing there. He's God in the flesh. And what he said was, I'm going to prove to you with something you can outwardly see, that I can do what you cannot see because you can't do either one. Man cannot heal and man cannot forgive sins. You say, well, doctors heal. No, they don't. They only assist nature. They'll be the first ones to take they can't heal. They can assist nature. Find out how nature operates. If there's a deficiency, they can add to it and the body heals itself. So Matthew 9, 6 says this, you may know I have the power to forgive sins. He said to the man that was paralyzed, take up your bed and walk. Healing is the outward proof that Jesus can forgive sins. The two are tied together. Man would have never got sick had he not committed sin in the garden. The two are united together. One is eternal that sin, the other is temporary, that sickness and disease, but Jesus can do something to both of them. He can heal on the outside and give the temporary miracle, but on the inside, he can also forgive sins and that lasts forever. When he does cast into his sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. Healing continued even unchanged after Jesus departed. Acts chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches. This is all the sick they could find, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about under Jerusalem, bringing sick folk and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every day. One, so I want you to point that out. If he healed everyone, that includes you. Healing is for you, the power of the cross. I'll see you right after the break. I want you to get a copy of the product we have today because it'll just keep you in the word of God and help you to understand your healing and walk in it each and every day. See you in just a moment.
1: How much faith do I need to be healed? In The Grace of Healing, Bob Yandian answers this question and reveals the missing ingredient to the healing you've been praying for—grace. Throughout church history, the doctrines of grace and faith have been taken to separate extremes as they relate to healing. The result is that many believers struggle to receive healing from God. Those on the side of grace deny the need for faith, believing that God only heals a select few. For those who only see a need for faith, the pursuit of healing becomes a legalistic struggle to change God's mind. Pastor Bob takes a different approach with practical biblical teaching that balances both elements of grace and faith. You'll find the healing you've been waiting for when you find the missing ingredient of grace. To order The Grace of Healing, visit BobYendian.com. visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership. This newly revised and expanded handbook is packed with biblical wisdom and practical guidance from the pastoral trenches. It will help to equip and encourage you in your ministry. Bobby Endin, a veteran pastor of more than 30 years, provides answers to common questions relating to your everyday pastoral duties and personal life. In God's Word to Pastors, revised and expanded, Bob covers topics such as the First Pastors Conference in Acts 20, Passion versus Calling, Daily Schedules, Living a Balanced Life, Wolves after your sheep, The Glorious Church, Pastors Need Pastors, Whose flock do you pastor? Spiritual workaholics, family before ministry, the pastor's heart, and the bond of peace. Bob will help you apply timeless biblical wisdom to the issues and dynamics of today's pastoral ministry. To order God's Word to Pastors, visit our website at bobyandian.com. All
0: right, I sure want you to get a hold of that book that uh, The Grace of Healing to understand just how important God's healing power is and that God wants to heal you by his grace, not by your works. And again, that'll be a great book for you. Going back to what we left off before halftime came is this. Acts chapter five, verse 14 through 16 tells us that even after Jesus left, And the day of Pentecost occurred in Acts chapter two, we have many days, weeks and months after that, that healing was unchanged. It still came through people. And Peter was one here that it came through and John and others as they went out and mighty signs and wonders were done. And I love chapter six, the next chapter to come after this. And that is God even took those in the church, deacons in the church who started ministries and through them, multitudes of people were healed. It did not change. It still comes God's power working through people and any person that gets born again can now begin to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And especially if you're spirit filled, it just makes you more connected with the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit in administering the power of God. Acts chapter five, again, let's take a look at verse 14 through 16. It said, believers were more the added to the church, multitudes, both of men and women. And we had 3000 believers added to the church in chapter two. Then by the time we come here to chapter five and chapter six, it talks about, was almost innumerable. The number of disciples was multiplying daily. The church was growing. Then it goes on to say in verse 15, in so much that they, that is the people who were members of the church brought forth the sick into the streets. Notice they didn't just bring them to church. They brought them to the streets and they laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There also came multitudes out of the cities roundabout unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folk and those who had been vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. Demons cast out everyone. Healing came to everyone. I want you to notice again that healing continued totally unchanged after Jesus departed. The methods and the results were still exactly the same, because we stand in Jesus' place. I love what it says in Second Corinthians chapter five. We now stand in his place. He's gone and we stand in his place as one who's here in this earth, carrying forth the same message, carrying forth the same things of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And so let's take a look at Acts chapter 28. Here's the end of the book of Acts, because people often say, well, I know healing was there, but it's only for a while. Then after a while, just begin to diminish, diminish, diminish. Here's the closing chapter of the book of Acts. And we find out healing was still the same. It was the same here on this island that Paul was uh, shipwrecked on, and then later delivered from the island of Miletus. it says in Acts chapter 28, verses eight and nine, it came to pass that the father of Publius, lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him. This is the uh, governor of the entire island and it had been reported to him. And so he came and laid hands on him and healed him. Now, again, I want to point out something very quickly and that although Paul is the one who said it healed him, God healed him through Paul. Paul was seen as here the one that laid hands on him and God's power came in, but God is ultimately the one that all healing comes from. But he uses people. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth not God of heaven, not Christ of heaven. No, he didn't anoint his deity. No, he anointed his humanity. And if God could anoint the humanity of Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, he could anoint Bob of Oklahoma. So here we have in verse nine, when this was done, others also, the moment that Publius was healed, All of a sudden, they begin to bring the sick from all over the island, and when this was done, others also who had diseases in the island came and were healed. Everyone that was brought was healed. Notice this, the healing is still the same. The healing methods are still the same. There's the laying on of hands, the power of God being administered, and this again in chapter 19 of Acts, we find that uh, different methods were even used by uh, God during that time. The great revival at Ephesus that changed the entire continent of Asia, shook the continent of Asia. It said from Paul's body was taken handkerchiefs and aprons. The people came and laid handkerchiefs and aprons on his body while the power of God was operating there for healing. And then they ran out from there and laid it on the sick and the demon-possessed. And the Bible says the diseases departed from them. The evil spirits were cast out of them, and divine healing came to all of them. Again, and the same thing happened at the end of the book of Acts, As it did in chapter five, as it happened in chapter 19, we find over and over again, the results were the same. The healing methods were the same. It all came down to this human beings operating under the power of God, the power of God coming through them. And again, they were healed and set free. God's healing power has always been the same for every single person. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 15 says, when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself for there were great multitudes following him, and he healed them all. This was the time when when uh, when John the Baptist was beheaded, and this was Jesus' nephew in the in the natural, and they were, again, that relationship was there, but also they were ministry team together, and that is John the Baptist was sent to introduce Jesus' ministry. They were close to each other, knew each other, and when John the Baptist was beheaded, it really got to Jesus. He went for a while, withdrew himself, but when he did, great multitudes followed him. Let me just say something. When the Bible uses the word multitude, usually it's groups of 10,000 to 15,000. And I've read this in a number of books. It says, but when great multitudes follow him, that means over a hundred thousand people. So Jesus is out there in the wilderness. He went there because he wanted to be alone. He wanted to get with God. He wanted to get with God, his father. He wanted to think about what had happened. And in the natural, he missed him. He missed John the Baptist. I'm sure inside he missed There must have even been some twinges. You know, it's because of your ministry that this happened. And I'm sure that's one of the things the devil wanted to tempt him with. But Jesus had to go get his brain straightened out. And while he was there, great multitudes came. He simply took those feelings and pushed them aside. And notice this, he healed them all. (laughs) Every single one of them. So God's power has always been for everyone. That means if it's for everyone, it's for you might as well throw yourself in on that. It's like salvation. Is salvation for everybody? There's a group of people that say, we're not sure. It's got to be God's sovereign choice, but you can't get away from the word of God. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance for God. So loved the entire world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Salvation is for you. And I'll say this 99% of all Christians will say amen to that. A few might disagree falling back on the sovereignty of God, but it still comes back to this. The same is true with healing. And there's more mention of healing for everybody. There is of salvation for everybody. Verse after verse after verse, he healed them all, he healed them all, he healed them all. And listen, if you he heal them all, that includes you today, because it has not changed. God's will didn't stop and change later after the Bible was completed to say, well, I don't think I'm going to heal everybody. Just certain ones that I feel are you know really good enough for it, or I feel like they're the ones chosen for it. No, that's not how healing operates. It's not how salvation operates. It still came by by way of the cross. And what Jesus did on the cross was for everybody, but you have to come and accept it, as many as received him. To them, he gave power to become the sons of God. Healing, the blind received their sight. It simply comes back to this, what God offers in grace, we receive through faith. And when we receive it by faith, we simply reach out and take it. In other words, grace is God's full hand reaching out to you, and faith is your empty hand reaching out to God and taking everything that he has for life and for godliness. Jesus healed everyone because he had compassion on everyone. Matthew 14 and verse 14 says this, Jesus went forth and saw great multitudes and was moved with compassion on them and healed their sick. Moved with compassion was an operation of love. When Jesus looked at the multitudes, his love went out for them and he saw the needs they had. And his love was not just something that was a great feeling. He didn't just simply say, I love you guys. No, he did something with that love. He was moved with compassion and healed their sick. Notice this, healing of sickness comes by his compassion, which comes from his love. Healing those that are sick is a display of God's love for you. It's also a display of God's salvation for you. Why does God want you saved? Because for God so loved the world that he saves us. It's also because God so loves the sick that he wants to heal us. Jesus' compassion is linked to God's compassion. Psalm 86, five, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy to all those who call on you. If Jesus forgave sin because of compassion, that was to all. But if God also heals because of compassion, that's to all. He's plenteous in mercy to all that call upon him. So if you call on God for divine healing expect the fact you're part of those that God is that God wants to heal. There is no choice with God as to who he heals. It's for everybody and he simply holds it out to everybody. All you have to do is come and receive it. I heard somebody saying one time about salvation. Well, you just don't know if it's for you or not. I look at it this way. You know, if you, if you, if you, you know, I, I know in the Oklahoma lottery, it could be worth, one time my wife and I looked at it, it was worth 180 million. And I said, wow, what do we do with 180 million? My wife immediately said, well, the government gets half. I said, okay, what would we do with $90 million? We begin to just speculate on it. But I thought about that. This is like saying, well, you know, I know Jesus died for me, so I'm just gonna sit here and he's just gonna save me. And you know, But here's the point, if they announce your number, and I mean, all the little, you know, ping pong balls fall down and your number lines up with it, you can't sit back in the chair and say, I won. They're going to go deposit my checking account. No, your wife will come and say, honey, that ticket you have in your hand, you have to go down there and show it to them. And once you show it to them, no, 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 I don't need to do that. It's just going to be put into my account. That's like saying if Jesus died for everybody, I don't need to do anything. No, I just need to sit here and I'm automatically saved. No, you've got to go claim it. God reconciled the world to himself. Now it says, now you be reconciled to him. He announced to the whole world you've won, but now you've got to come and claim it. And that's what's happened here. But if you come and claim it, he is gracious, he's merciful. All you have to do is receive salvation, receive your healing. Matthew 14, verse 34 through 36, it says, when they were gone over, they came to the land of Genesaret, And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about and brought to him all who were diseased. And he pleaded with him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched him were made completely whole. Jesus showed us God's will. What is God's will? Acts 10:36 through 38. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began in Galilee after the baptism John preached. It started there, and went to the whole world. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. How would your prayers change if you knew God would answer? And how would you pray if you knew it would happen? Then I'm simply telling you, those two questions are for you. God will answer you, and it will happen exactly as he has said if you'll just ask him in simple faith, believing. I'll see you next time.
1: You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts with Bob Yandian.